Welcome to Rooted and Reaching, a podcast from the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia in Columbia, Maryland, where we celebrate the beauty of our diversity. In our conversations here, we share stories of our journeys and explore ideas that challenge us in order to nurture the interdependent web of which we are all a part. We are rooted in faith, reaching for community. I'm Sarah Davidson, Director of Communications and Member Integration. And today I'm chatting with Amanda Ayala Morton, Executive Director of Cradle Rock Children's Center. Today we'll hear the personal story of what brought Amanda to Cradle Rock and we'll explore the deep loving roots she is dedicated to cultivating for herself, staff, and families at the center. Well, thank you. Um, nice to meet you for the first time, Sarah. And um, I do appreciate you calling me in today to participate in this podcast. Truly exciting. Thank you for having me. Yes, I joined um, CCC in 2006, so approximately, well, actually, it will be 15 years in June. And um, I came on board as an aide. As a teenager, I'd visited the United States, specifically Maryland and Columbia, for many years prior to making the decision for that move. I definitely learned a lot about Maryland during my visits and um, most of all loved Columbia for its greenery and its space. Reminded me quite a bit of England. When I ran into the decision, when I made the decision to make that drastic move from the UK to the US, I was in a relationship, I had three children and unfortunately the drastic change to move countries to relocate from one country to another was brought about by domestic violence. And I had been um, experiencing, I'd been in a relationship experiencing domestic violence for about 12 years at that time. And so the drastic move was really to provide um, a better life for my children. I had three young children aging from the age of two to 16 at the time. So it wasn't a light uh, decision. It was something that took about two years to plan and execute. And although the United Kingdom are very good at supporting victims of domestic uh, violence, domestic violence and providing refuge for women and men like myself, it, um, it wasn't working. And so the drastic move came because it wasn't working and because I was in fear for the lives of my children and myself at that time. My sister lived in Colombia, and so we came over in June, and she actually lived the neighborhood behind the Cradle Rock Children's Center. So on one of my frequent walks with my two-year-old, I ran into the Cradle Rock Children's Center, and I popped in, met with the director, and she brought me on board as an aide. I do have a background in business administration and accounting. And I do have an educational background where I had worked with mostly middle school, high school, and college students in that type of educational environment. So I didn't have any idea whatsoever about preschool. Mm -hmm. However, I offered my services as a business administrator to assist with filing policies and procedures, and I volunteered for six months. 
Unfortunately, at the six month anniversary thereabouts, the uh, program director left quite suddenly. Uh-huh. And the board of directors turned to me and said, literally, you can handle this, can't you? <laughs> and I said, absolutely, as I typically do. And so um, there we have it. <laughs> and I've actually, I mean, my role over the years has been very impactful and very important. I've learned a lot about people, specifically managing people. As a director, you are coping with two of the most challenging groups of people, in my opinion, solely. Parents whose children you care for and staff that you manage. And so the experience and the lessons learned over the years have really strengthened what was already a very strong character It's given me strength in areas that I had never had to dive into, I'd never had to consider before. And those experiences cause you to learn very quickly, get better very quickly. And But the foundation for being successful in this type of environment is a very strong work ethic. Yes, I believe that. Thank you for sharing your story about how it came to be. Thank you. Um, Even though you know I hate to hear it. Um, So you're the executive director, and you've already kind of touched on this, but how has your role strengthened your relationship with Cradle Rock over the years, and what keeps you here? I ask myself the same thing almost on a weekly basis. Um, I love CCC. You know, um, I think no matter what answers I come up with, depending on what type of week (laughs) we're having, one thing that remains the same is the love for the center, and it's innate. It's there. It can't be, I can't go to training to feel that love. I can't take advice from other people to feel that love. It's something that I have within me. And so I clearly love the Cradle Rock Children's Center and everything that it stands for. And so that's what keeps me here. Working for CCC honestly saved my life. At the time that I arrived here, I was, you know, I was broken. Yeah. Um, However, it wasn't evident from the outside. So it gave me more purpose. It gave me um, a reason to wake up in the morning. It gave me a reason to be excited. And so that is what keeps me going day after day, week after week, and what is now year after year. The job is never done. It's never finished. There is always more to improve, always more to do, and always more to learn. So on this continuous cycle of excitement and dedication and commitment and love, that's what keeps me going day after day in an environment such as this and pushes me to the limit and beyond. And I base my success of the center on my abilities and performance as an executive director. I feel valued and appreciated. And like I said before, the job is never done. It's endless. I know that feeling very well. (laughs) (laughs) I think that that's how I could sum up my job in a way, right? Right. It's continually nourishing and also like there's just, it never ends. And so sometimes I feel like it's hard to feel good about what you do, you know, like, is it enough? Yes. But I think that's part of what makes you a good worker. Yes. Right. Always having more to give or always wanting to give more, even when you probably should take a break. (laughs) Yeah, and there's a lot of questions that you ask yourself on a continual basis. And when you said that you felt the same way, the first thing that popped in my head was we could almost do with a support group. 
for people that feel that way so that we can understand that the way that we feel on the different days that we feel it is normal and it's all part of the process and it shouldn't deter you or derail you. Um, if you felt that everybody was equally, that you were, you were in a group that was equally as passionate about what they do, you know, being able to support each other and say, I know it's been a rough week, but let's still celebrate the things that you have achieved in that week and not get derailed by that one thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like highly empathetic people, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You know, because certain people in certain lines of work, they're giving of themselves, right? It's not just I'm at work and I'm doing these tasks. Yes. Like I, I my identity is tied to the work that I do. And so I'm yeah. giving myself to the world or trying to or hoping to or, you know. Yes. And sometimes when you are at the top or you're the captain, so to speak, you don't have anybody else above you sometimes, you know, to to turn to about those day-to-day -day challenges. And you might just be the least important person in your establishment. And, and when I say least important, meaning that you, you put yourself last, you know, you're thinking about everybody at the, you know, first, you're thinking about the families first, you're thinking about the situation first. And so you forget, you know, about yourself, your needs and what inspires you. So thank goodness the job itself is what inspires you and nothing really matters, you know, and a simple thank you or a nice email is enough really to last you some time. <laughs> Can you tell me more about Cradle Rock and its structure and programming? Yes, most certainly. Um, so Cradle Rock Children's Center began, as you know, as an outreach project for the UUCC. And the mission was to serve families across the social and ec economic spectrum, which is very important within our mission. And it was almost a similar mission to what the UCCs do here. Um, they are supportive of the community, Howard County residents, and just the general public. And so it made sense, I think, at the time to develop what we refer to as permanent residents you know, occupying a vast majority of the ground floor that served a very similar mission to theirs. And so the structure and the programming, you know, began within a shared mission. And we built on that and continued that. So the foundation of the program is built upon social and emotional well-being of children. It is their foundation from which they build a strong, purposeful and fulfilling life. Nothing is more important then being able to identify your feelings, identify yourself, express yourself, advocate for yourself, care for yourself and communicate effectively without that very strong foundation, you know, you may have difficulties in life itself. And so we want to give our children the best start possible, building on the most important foundation of all, which is social and emotional well-being. That is what we built the program from. Uh, the Cradle Rock Children's Center partners with teachers to educate them beyond what they have learned in school, looking beyond the boxes that have been structured because children do not comply always by fitting in structured boxes. Yes. Observations and assessments for both children and staff and providing continuous guidance, support and free training. So that's how we support the program by addressing the teachers. How do we support the program in addition to that is CCC partners with the parents 
to educate them beyond their beliefs as it pertains to what is developmentally appropriate um, and further demonstrate what are typical milestones, supporting families individually and within workshops. Again, generalizing is great to give you a very, to give you an idea of what, how you partner with your school and the well-being of your children, but each child is individual. So when we partner with parents, we're partnering with parents as it pertains to their child or their children. And if they have multiple children, then we're going to have multiple partnerships within one family, um, identifying each child's needs and working with parents and educating them. Of course, parents are the most phenomenal people in the world. Of course they are. And they do brilliant jobs. But we don't learn this stuff in school. We don't learn how to um, use our environment to excite our children. We're so busy spending our time just having them be safe and not run in the road and, you know, so on and so forth. But there's so many other things that we learn as teachers and educators that we want to ensure that we share with our families. And so that is the structure of the programming, social and emotional well-being and supporting both teachers and families in understanding the program and taking the program with them when they leave. I mean, it sounds revolutionary to me, right? It's oh, really? like everyone should be doing it, but no, I mean, not nobody. People do it, I'm sure. But like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just what is two plus five. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. In fact, that is probably one of the least most important things. You, you understand coming in with that first um, is, is just changing parents' mindsets, making them understand why, as opposed to just dictating to them is what's crucial. Okay. And once they understand why, it's, it's wonderful to see how they grow. Um, okay, so final question, Amanda. Can you tell us a favorite memory or two of your time at Cradle Rock? And now let's oh. pick one or two. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I have so many. But one story that I keep telling is suitable for this time of year, I think. In the center, we were um, nurturing caterpillars into butterflies. And in several classrooms, they had their families that they were nurturing and raising. And we were discussing all of the different colors and shapes of the butterflies and kind of referring those to our individuality. Now, there fly had a very small tiny undergrown wing and then on the other side his wing was fully grown we gave him a name his name was jack and we nurtured him and gave him special attention we talked about him we referred to disabilities and um and each other's bodies and so on there was so much discussion around jack Aren't we were going to celebrate when the butterflies were fully grown, we were going to release them into the world. And we had talked about where we thought they might end up living. Would they travel out of Maryland? Would they stay local? Would we see them again? There was so much discussion. We let the butterflies out in front of the building. And all of the classrooms had come to watch um, from babies all the way to five-year-olds. Uh, there were about three sets of uh, butterfly families that were leaving. We were all gathered. Phones were out. Pictures were being taken. So much excitement. The butterflies were released and most of them flew away. Some of them landed on our heads and our noses. It was really delightful. Jack landed on the boat because he couldn't fly off. He didn't have two equal wings and he was having difficulty getting off the ground. 
as I began to approach Jack, I was going to cup him in my hands and maybe take him off somewhere and put him on a leaf or something similar. A bird flew down, swiped him up and disappeared. Teachers were all gasping, but the children were screaming with delight. They were so excited. And one child said, he gets to ride on some really, really big wings. He is so lucky. And of course, we all have to change our expressions. You know, children are so positive. And I think that although the staff expressed a desire to learn from this particular lesson, we should have planned for Jack. We, should haven't, we shouldn't have made an assumption that he would be able to fly off with the, red, with the other butterflies. We should have given him some extra attention. We hadn't planned for that. And so that was a lesson learned for the adults, but for the children, their positivity was so reassuring. And so that's probably one of my favorite stories. I love that, Amanda. We, Shepard and Griffin, my children, we had a, a monarch egg that we grew. Yeah. became a butterfly. And this was like three years ago, right? So we released Pasta. That was her name. And now every <laughs> a monarch, they're like, look, it's Pasta. And I'm like, um, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it is pasta for you. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you so much for being with me today, despite the Wi Fi issues. And also, I know you're busy, so I really appreciate your time and care. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening in this week, and we hope to see you again next Wednesday. Have you subscribed to Rooted and Reaching yet? If not, go ahead and find us on Spotify or Google or Apple Podcasts. See you soon, beloveds. We did it! <laughs> <laughs> did you get that? Hooray! Oh. <laughs>